y'all will be patient with me as I get situated here. Good to see everyone, and uh, welcome, Monica. Good to see her, and uh, it's good to be in the service today. Well, uh, today we're going to be looking at the Word of God as we usually do. Um, well, these canes are a nuisance. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Uh, sorry about that, folks. We're going to, uh, it's amazing to me how these brethren, when they choose the songs to sing Sunday morning, how they mesh with the sermon that I'm planning on preaching. And uh, even the Sunday school lesson this morning, uh, Brother Steve, as he spoke to us from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, how the Truths there, and, and we're, we're, we're just going to today focus in on one verse of Scripture and uh, pray that God will bless our hearts today as we study this together. And so we're going to read, uh, to start with, Isaiah 41, verse 10. And uh, would you stand with me as we uh, read uh, this one verse of Scripture? And we'll be reading other verses from Isaiah 41 a little bit later but in the sermon. But uh, to start with, we're just going to focus in on this one verse. And I pray that it will bless your heart as we read it and as we study about it today. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, you are the God and creator of this universe. But you're a God of love. And you want to have a relationship with us. You are our Father. We are your children. And we come into your presence this morning to study your word. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide and direct and bless these words to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> The subject that I've chosen from this I kind of condensed uh, the verse down a little bit, but the subject, fear not, I am your God. Fear not, I am your God. It is good for us to know that no matter what situation we face in life, we need not fear, for our God is with us. But in reality, there are many storms in our lives that take away our peace 
and bring fear into our hearts. When my mother was a, a girl growing up on the farm 10 miles north of Aspermont, Texas, one day a tornado came through. The tornado spared their house, but it uprooted a huge mulberry tree that was in the front yard. And even years later, when I was a boy and we were playing in our grandparents' front yard, the remains of that mulberry tree was still there. And so my mother grew up with that great fear of tornado storms. And uh, when I was 10 years old, uh, my parents bought a farm 13 miles north of Aspermont. And uh, the first thing we did after we bought the farm was to dig a storm cellar because my mother was terribly afraid of tornadoes. And growing up in all of those years from when I was 10 till I graduated from high school and went off to college, all of those years, every time at night there was a storm, there was lightning and thunder, my mother would get us out of bed and we would march out to the storm cellar, which was just about uh, 50 yards from the house, and we would go into that musty, dank, whatever that means, uh, storm cellar, um, where I could imagine there were all kinds of critters and, and um, snakes or whatever. Uh, but my mother had this terrible fear of storms. And I suppose she never got over that fear of storms. But the storm setter at least did give her an escape from her fear of storms. But today we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 41. And we're going to learn about the storm shelter that God has provided that should take away for us Christians every storm that may come in our lives. Now, let's read this verse again. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. There are two commands in that verse, in the first half of that verse. And uh, always in the Bible, there are reasons for commands. Commands must have a context. They don't just hang in the air with no connection to reality. If God commands us to do something, there, is, there are good reasons to do it. And may God help us to understand his reasons for giving us these commands. The first command in this verse, very simple, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, for I am with you. Now, y'all forgive me, it's time for a Chinese lesson. Uh, um, in, in Chinese, fear not, in the Chinese Bible is bu yao hai pa. Okay? 
Now, you're going to say that with me, okay? Booyah, high pop. Ah, very good. Y'all are naturals at, at this Chinese thing. And what does it mean? It simply means don't be afraid. Fear not. And uh, the reason for this command is because God does not want his children to have fear in their hearts, to live in fear of the circumstances and the situations that may come in our lives. Fear not. And the second command, he says, be not dismayed. Now, I think the, the Chinese Bible, uh, again, uh, brings this out a little bit better than this English word dismayed. The Chinese Bible for be dismayed says, Bu ya jing huang. Ah, one more time. Bu ya jing huang. I ought to get paid for this. <coughs> Teaching Chinese. Anyway, uh, but uh, the, what does that jing huang mean? It means to be alarmed, to be scared, to be panic stricken. And uh, how many of us have situations in our lives that causes us to be alarmed or scared or sometimes even panic stricken? But these are God's commands. He says, don't be afraid, fear not, and be not dismayed. Now, in these verses, that this one verse that we just read, there are five pillars that guarantee freedom from fear. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, uh, having lived in Taiwan for 40 years and had the privilege of observing a lot of buildings being constructed, uh, when they would dig the foundation, uh, they would uh, put up the forms, and in the forms they would put the steel, steel rods that would uh, give the foundation strength. And then after they had finished the foundation, they would put the pillars on the sides of the building, and the, those the, the, the gangjin, I, I can think of the Chinese for it, the, the steel would be tied to the steel in the foundation so that your building would be strong, it would be safe, it would be a shelter. And in 1994, when uh, our church there in the city of Taichung uh, built a new church building, um, it ultimately ended up being an eight-story building. And uh, when they dug that foundation, one of the men in the church, he was an older man, it was named Mr. Ding. And Mr. Ding came when they were digging the foundation and it was so deep, he couldn't believe it. He thought there, there must be two levels in the, the basement of the, the building. And he was told no. There's just one level of parking in the basement. But it was so deep and so strong that in 19, 
97 when the, no, 1999, I'm sorry, uh, the, the terrible earthquake came in, in Taiwan, uh, that building stood strong. And, and I must confess that when that 7.6 earthquake hit Taiwan in the middle of the night and we were sleeping in our bedroom, and uh, I thought we were done for. I mean, it was the most horrible experience that I've ever had, physically speaking. But the foundation was strong, and the pillars caused the building to stay strong and firm. And so these vertical columns that you have in the building, this is what I want us to think in our mind, this picture of the pillars that God puts here in this verse of Scripture that will help us to be not afraid, to fear not, to be not dismayed. And here are the five pillars that declare our freedom from fear. I'm with you. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Reiterating, restating those five pillars that give us freedom from fear. God is with me. God is my God. God will strengthen me. God will help me. God will uphold me. Notice every one of those five pillars begin with God. He must be the epicenter. He wants to free you from fear in whatever circumstance or situation or trial you may find yourself. Whether fear in personal witnessing, taking a test, facing an interview for a new job, confronting someone with sin in their life, when you have a settled and secure position to take a risk on a new venture, or when you face a diagnosis of cancer or some other life-threatening disease, when you lose a spouse or a friend, Whatever your life situation, God calls you to be free from fear. And he wants us to be able to overcome this natural emotion of fear that so many people have and have peace in our hearts. He does not leave the command to fear not hanging in the air. He surrounds us with these five pillars of divine support that can guarantee peace in our hearts. Again, fear not. God is with you. Fear not. God is your God. Fear not. God will strengthen you. Fear not. God will help you. Fear not. God will uphold you. Now, in Isaiah chapter 41, God through the prophet Isaiah has given us four revelations or four glimpses of God's greatness. And the reason we can have confidence in trusting him and we'll fear not. And the key to overcoming fear 
is resting on these pillars of the promises of God. Revelation are number one. God is the judge of all the earth. Look at Isaiah 41 verse 1. God says, keep silence before me, O coastlands, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near, then let them speak. Let us come near together for judgment. Here is a picture of God calling all the coastlands, and I believe when he's talking about all the coastlands, he's basically talking about all the people of the earth. And he says, calling them to come before him for judgment. The God of Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 that we're studying today is the judge of all the earth. He calls all the nations to give an account of their lives and their religions and their thoughts. In our world today, it sometimes appears that God is the one who is on trial. But he is not called into account. Rather, he is calling all nations and religions to account before him, to judgment before him. And they must come into God's courtroom. He is the judge of all and will pass sentence on every person and every nation. That is the God who is with you to strengthen and help you. The God who is judge of all the earth. Revelation number two about God that we see in these, this chapter. He is the ruler of all rulers. Isaiah chapter 41 verses two and three. Isaiah asked the question, who raised up one from the east? Who in righteousness called him to his feet? Who gave the nations before him and made him rule over kings? Who gave them as the dust to his sword, as driven stubble to his bow? The ruler from the east that is referred to here was no doubt refers to Cyrus the Great, whom God stirred up to come against Babylon where the Jews were in captivity. This is a picture of God leading a powerful earthly ruler to go forth in conquest and defeating those nations. So the God of Isaiah 41.10 is ruler of the rulers of history. He controls the affairs of men and the affairs of nations for his purposes. And he is the one who provides these pillars of support so that we are freed from a life of fear. And then Revelation number 3 from Isaiah 41. Yahweh, the everlasting I am. Look at verse 4. Who has performed and done it, calling the generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, am the first, and with the last, I am he. This is a picture of God not only judging the nations and ruling the rulers of the earth, but calling all of the nations of the earth into being because he is the eternal creator of all things. It says calling the generations from the beginning, meaning from Adam on down to the present to the end of time, 
God is the one who called them into being. He is the immutable Yahweh, the everlasting I am, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. He is the uncreated first, and he will be there with the last when all is accomplished according to his eternal purpose. That is our God. And then Revelation number four, the God who chose his own people. In verses five through seven of chapter 41, we see the fear of the nations. And let me read this, these verses. He says, the coastlands saw it and feared. The ends of the earth were afraid. They drew near and came. Everyone helped his neighbor and said to his brother, be of good courage. So the craftsman encouraged the goldsmith. This is the ones who made the idol gods. He who smooths with the hammer inspired him, who strikes the anvil saying, it is ready for the soldering. Then he fastened it with pegs that it might not totter. These verses show us the desperate attempts of the nations to persuade themselves that they and their gods are strong. But verse 5 says they are afraid and they come together. Verse 6, they try to encourage each other not to be afraid. Verse 7, the idol makers try to encourage each other that their gods can save them. In other words, we have here a picture of the unrepentant nation's Desperately trying to convince themselves that their self-made gods really are adequate for their needs. Over against this futility of self-reliance and idolatry, God says to his people, Israel, in verses 8 and 9, But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen. The descendants of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest regions and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. And so in verses 1 through 9, we have a picture of the God who judges the nations and rules the rulers of the nations. He chose Israel as his servant through whom he would breathe into the prophets and apostles his word, which would become our guide to the road back to the God who loves us. And it was through his servant Israel that he would send the promised Messiah, whom he would send to save his people from their sins. He calls the nations into being, and we can rejoice today in the America that we love. I believe God from eternity chose this nation to be his chosen servant, not in the sense that Israel was, but his chosen servant who would do more than any other nation to send the gospel to the ends of the earth so that a lost world would hear the good news of the gospel, 
that can save us from our sins. And uh, God, our sovereign, eternal, all-powerful God, is oversuing this work, and he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And uh, I often think of that verse, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world to all nations, and then shall the end come. And so we know that God is working and moving, and, uh, and I thank God for the fact that he has used America to send so many missionaries all around the world, but now he's uh, bringing people to our shores so that they can hear the gospel and perhaps go back to their own people and uh, share the good news of Jesus. He chooses his people for himself from the ends of the earth, no matter how far their distance from him. He called us out of darkness and death to make us his special people and make himself our God. And these revelations, four of them that we have just mentioned from verses 1 through 9, these revelations about God intensify the five pillars that God has given us in verse 10. The God who judges all the earth and calls the coastlands the people of the world to give account. Number two, the God who rules the rulers of history. Number three, the God who calls the nations of earth into being because he is first and last. And number four, the God who calls his own people and makes himself their God freely and graciously. That God says to us who believe, we who believe in him as our Lord, our God, and our Savior, he says, I am your God. I am with you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. And so... These are promises that are so great and so wonderful for us as Christians to have assurance in our hearts. They're worth repeating. Repeating the command, therefore because I am the judge of the nations, therefore because I rule the rulers of history, therefore because I call nations into being, therefore because I chose to make you my own, Therefore, because I, this great and solemn God, I am your God, and I am with you, and I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will uphold you. Therefore, do not fear. Now, there's a lot of different ways that we can express these pillars of support that God has given us. One way is through prepositions. He said, I'm your God over you. I am with you by your side. I will strengthen you from inside you because we have the Holy Spirit in us. I will help you 
all around you from wherever the enemy comes. I will uphold you from underneath you. Over you, by you, inside you, around you, underneath you. Therefore, do not fear. Now, I started out talking about construction in Taiwan. Foundations are vitally important. As we found out, because of the strong foundation, the building will stand secure. And uh, I told you about Mr. Ding who came and he saw this deep foundation and he couldn't believe that that all was going to be just one floor of parking in the basement. But the reason is because in that building underneath that first floor of parking basement, there were another level of concrete tanks filled with water that were there to give the building security so that it would stand and not be shaken by the earthquake. And so when that night when we were in the building and the earthquake hit and we were fearing for our lives, that foundation was standing secure. And other than a few cracks in the walls, the building is still strong today. We thank God for that. Isaiah, in verse 10 that we're studying today, has made it clear that there is one great ground for freedom from fear. And that is God, our God. He said, I am your God. I'm with you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. And I can't help but uh, read you Isaiah 40 that we studied last Sunday, verses 28 through 31, talking about this great God that we have have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men will utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And then verse 4 of chapter 41, who has performed and done it, calling the generations from the beginning, I, the Lord, am the first, and with the last, I am he. And there are so many verses in the Bible, you know, that, that we, we could use to teach about fear not because God is with us. Uh, this morning as we were uh, driving over to the church from Mansfield, as was my usual custom, 
uh, we usually leave the house somewhere around 9 o'clock. And uh, on uh, the Word 100.7 uh, radio station, uh, the um, Alistair Begg Truth for Life uh, program is uh, on the radio. And so um, I listened to that. And today he was preaching from Daniel. And uh, Daniel chapter 7 and how Daniel was in the lion's den and, and everything, but how his God was with him and protected him and brought him through that experience. And so I trust that you and I can be the same. Now, <clears throat> every one of us have life experiences where we need the message of this verse of Scripture. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Don't panic. God is with you. And uh, I thought I would just take a few minutes since we've got a little few, few more minutes left on the clock. Um, for my life, I'm glad I can say that through many experiences, I could say, fear not, I am God. He has said that to us. I remember on May the 16th, 1954, the first Sunday after I graduated from high school, the little church there in Aspermont, Texas, newly established, didn't have any property of their own. We were meeting in a old movie theater that was not, no longer in use. You talk about a musty smell, but God had been dealing with my heart for several years that he wanted me to surrender my life to preach. And so that Sunday morning, I walked down the aisle and shared with the pastor and with the congregation that I was surrendering my life to the ministry. I'm, you talk about introverts. I am the classic introvert. Now, we don't have any other introverts here, I don't think. They, they, we'll all deny it anyway. But, uh, I couldn't imagine ever being able to stand up before people and preach. But I had the promise of God. Fear not. I am with you. And so that was the beginning, 1954, of my ministry. But at the same time, God had been calling me to go to a foreign mission field to Preach the gospel. Didn't know where, but in June of 1960, the church where I was pastor in Mount Pleasant, Texas, attended the youth camp at Dangerfield. And Barbara and I, at that encampment, 
walked forward, surrendered our life to go to Taiwan as missionaries. And again, for this country boy that had never been out of the state of Texas and hardly been out of my home county, but I had this promise, fear not, I am with you. I am your God. Getting ready to go to Taiwan, visiting churches, raising support, and all of those things. We were targeted to leave probably in April of 1961 to, to go to Taiwan. But in February of 1961, I had a ruptured appendix, which ended up having three surgeries and 47 days in the hospital. And I'm thankful that we never even considered abandoning God's call. But we could say, fear not, because our God is with us. On June the 27th, 1961, we boarded a Pan American Boeing 707 in Los Angeles, headed for Japan and then Taiwan. Folks, I put off flying in an airplane as long as I could. We even endured the the agony of a long train ride from Abilene, Texas, all the way to Los Angeles. But finally, the time came. We had to get on that airplane. And we flew first to Japan and then on to Taiwan. But we had the promise. God had said, fear not. I am God. I am with you. But when we landed in Japan, there was supposed to be a missionary there to meet us, and there was nobody. I couldn't speak Japanese. They couldn't, uh, couldn't find anybody to speak English. They wouldn't let us out of the airport, but have no fear. I am with you, God said. And we finally, they finally let us out of the airport and got a taxi and a two and a half hour taxi or Tokyo, even back in 1961, was a big city. And two and a half hours later, we finally saw the familiar face of a Japanese pastor who had been my fellow student at Jacksonville College. And then in July the 3rd, 1961, we arrived in Taiwan. A hot, sultry summer day. And I thought to myself, what have I gotten myself into? But I found out God was still saying, fear not, I am your God, 
And through all of those years of ministry in Taiwan and then came here in 2001, December, God has been faithful. And we rejoice in his faithfulness. And we have his promises. Fear not. I am with you. I am your God. Dennis, are you going to come lead us in a...